What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Actually a Podcast. I'm here with my friend Sean, and he's going to tell us about a really exciting, uh, powerful journey he just went on um, here with Actual Eye. We are, of course, seeking that most authentic expression of ourselves and how we may best be of service in this world. Uh, and that often involves a lot of soul searching and uh, wisdom practices and there's different rituals all over the world that people have been partaking in for thousands of years. And Sean here got to experience one uh, known as Mother Ayahuasca. And so he's going to tell us about that. Um, but yeah, if you want to briefly introduce yourself and then like what brought you to this place personally. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm Sean. Um, I uh, I um, uh, kind of had the idea of ayahuasca mm -hmm. in my head for several years, but um, kind of on the back burner. Uh, when I was first kind of digging into it, it seemed like the only way to get a, uh, a really realistic experience with it is to travel down to Peru or Costa Rica or South America and the Amazons. Um, and uh, to really take a part of the, the indigenous culture. Uh, what I later found is there's uh, places that you can experience and have that full experience here. But um, to kind of get to what so led... So you mean like here in the States? Yeah, here in the States. Yeah. Um, um, I've learned uh, there's a lot on the West Coast. There's a few in Florida. Orlando is where I ended up at to do my journey. Um, but to kind of give you a background of what brought me to this decision... Mm -hmm. um, like most people, the last few years have been pretty tough. Uh, for for me especially, uh, 2020, uh, I began that year, really the very first year, finding out that I um, was separating from my wife. Hmm. And um, that that was obviously very emotionally difficult to go through. Um, that was right at the beginning of January. Uh, that leaked into covid um, so when I was at a point where it was time for me to, to really figure out these emotions and to really start to heal, I was all of a sudden isolated from basically the world. Um, you know, like most of us, our offices at work were shut down. There was not uh, a lot of the normal outlets that I would go. I'm really into music, music festivals, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Uh, those things were no longer available and I was just isolated um, at a time where, where I really needed outlets to kind of go through that process of really grieving is what it is. Really? Um, yeah. so because there was not a, a lot of outlets for me, um, I kind of fell in the normal trap of self-medicating. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I really wanted to figure out a way to save the relationship. And through that, I went through a lot of self-analyzation and trying to figure out what was going on with me. What It seems like I was in this karmic pattern. Uh, this was my third divorce. Um, it seemed like I was keep getting introduced to the same relationship situations that hmm. kept failing. Um, so there was a lot of that going on. Um, I, I tried a few counseling sessions, therapy. That seemed to be going down a direction where they wanted to put me on some sort of medication and and I was very uh I was very aware that I didn't want to fall into that trap because 
um, from what I've gathered and from the people I know, like it's, it seems like medication is really, it just masks the issue. It doesn't really get to the root of it or solve anything. Um, and, uh, you know, being in that situation, things got really, really, really dark, like really dark, um, uh, depression, anxiety, um, just a whole lot of just negative emotions that I was just sitting in and I didn't really have a way to really deal with them. Um, so I said the self-medicating came out, but also I got into meditation. I got into yoga. Um, I got into eating better and stuff like that, which kind of slowly helped me come out of, uh, out and get my feet back on the ground basically. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, through that, I was doing a lot of self-analysis and I was doing a lot of research and was looking at where I found it. I was like, I got to fix me because I was spiraling downward. Um, and, uh, you know, it, to the point, and I, I'll just be honest, like, like uh, suicide was a pretty heavy thought in my, in my mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. Um, I just didn't see a way out, but I was trying everything I can. Um, and, uh, and, um, I had, I had experienced like ceremonial, um, you know, psychedelic experiences like, um, you know, mushrooms with meditation, Hmm. um, even THC, which is, which is recreational is legal here in Virginia. Um, I'd experiment with that. Um, but you know, I really was searching for the answer because if I didn't figure something out, I don't know that I would really have pulled through the situation or things were just going to get dramatically worse and worse and worse. Um, right. The self-medicating would just be more masking. Right. Yeah. Right. And it was, um, and it was, but I needed to escape. I needed to get out of my own mind because the pers the pervasive, just negative thoughts were just ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. Mm. Um, but at some point I turned the corner and, you know, really found self-love practices, um, you know, like the meditation, the yoga, music, uh, art, uh, just creativity. Just I started finding these outlets, but there's still like this ongoing anxiety and depression that like I wake up with first thought every day. is like just this crushing, like, mm. like weight on my shoulder. It's like I wow. like, yeah. you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not I'm not working things out. I'm not I'm not getting where I need to be. So it sounds like you're able to achieve some more balance in your life and feel a little bit more stable, but you still had this deep unresolved yeah. right. grief. Right. Uh, and, and it's, it's the thing is like, I, that was my healing journey and, and, um, I'm grateful to be where I'm at today, but yeah, there was a time I didn't know, I didn't know how I was going to find strength to like get through another day and another day. And, um, but as I turned the corner, um, I realized there's still like parts of me that, that I needed to figure out I needed to resolve you know Mm -hmm. there were things that that were still internal that weren't serving me and yeah and I was like you know what like I I became really dedicated to figuring out so I got into things like shadow work Mm -hmm. um which is really really turns the corner for you I mean shadow work is is difficult it's if you're not familiar with shadow shadow like we all have a shadow and uh usually it's created in our childhood and you know for example like male children often growing up are not really 
encouraged to handle their emotions in a like positive way. You know, like just you don't a lot show of suppression. Yeah, a lot of yeah, suppression. And every time you suppress a part of you, like y- you put it in a shadow. Hmm. And uh, um, but that part of you still exists. You're just suppressing it. And shadow no. work is kind of bringing that part out to you, embracing and accepting it as part of, of your whole, and really kind of uh, getting to the root of that trauma or or, or that healing. Um, so I started getting into that and like started making a lot of progress. Um, but you know, there still felt like there was a piece missing and, um, that's, that's where I started to, um, really like keen in on the ayahuasca experiences because, because there's a lot, there's a lot of information now out there, you know, you're getting it from a lot of celebrities like Will Smith just uh, the last few months talked about how he went on 14 Aya journeys when him and Jada were were having marital issues really I yeah didn't hear about that. and he came out and his quote was like it, it was the first time he, he had actually felt free right. um and then there's you know several other like a lot of podcasts uh people i'm interested in too duncan trussell is a good one mm-hmm. uh but these people talking about these experiences with ayahuasca and like like and i have to say it didn't it, none of it really sounded like this beautiful, euphoric, amazing experience. It all sounded like therapy. It all sounded mm-hmm. like work. Like, like work. Yep. Um, it, it didn't sound comfortable. It didn't sound fun. But that's really what I was looking for. It sounded like medicine. Right. Yeah. And, that, and that's what it is. Like mm-hmm. it's it's plant medicine. Um, but yeah. But for me, it's like like you know, it seemed like another piece of the puzzle for me to keep you know, trying to complete this, this issues that I have with mental health and, and all the struggling that I was doing. Um, so it really got on my radar and, um, I started just looking into it. And, and of course, like a, a lot of the first information I was getting is like South America. It talks, talks about like traveling down to South America. Um, and there's different facilities there that you can go to. Um, but during COVID with travel restrictions and, the idea of just being in a different culture, different country, language barriers, all these things, you know, were kind of like obstacles for me. But then I started learning like, um, you know, the, about a place in Kentucky, they call them the trailer park shaman. I looked into that a little bit, but didn't, didn't really fit my vibe. Um, heard about a place in Miami. Um, but I, I go to Orlando often. I have family there and I noticed there was a facility in Orlando and mm. Um, and there's a lot of criteria that I had to meet before I would go on all these experiences. Cause first of all, you're completely incapacitated. Yeah. So if the people around you are facilitating the experience, uh, you can't trust them, then, you know, that's going to not only take away from your journey, but maybe put you in danger of some sort, you know? Mm. Um, uh, also there has to be a lot of care going into your experience, like, um, the Ayadayada which is the iOS ayahuasca diet. Basically there's a lot of things that you really should consider before, you know, stepping your foot forward and, and, you know, committing to this. Um, first of all, it's like food, mm. food, the data typically from at least a week out, you should really be restricting a, a lot of things that you, that you're eating. You should get rid of caffeine, processed sugar, spices, salt, Red meat, um, oils, olive oils, okay. Um, and really just go for like a whole food vegan diet. 
you know, very bland vegan diet. Um, And then it's really recommended the days leading up to you should fast, which I did. Um, uh, But also what's more important is if you have any um, severe mental health issues like schizophrenia, Mm. um, if you're on uh, psychotic drugs, um, if you have blood pressure issues, heart issues, Mm. uh, seizures, there's a lot of things that actually can be fatal. Um, so having a facility that's setting you up for the experience and letting you know all this and really kind of going through all these potential harmful things, uh, that you can have in your body that can not interact with the medicine the right way is really important. I mean, it's, it's definitely, there's safety issues and like, yeah. sounds like they're really comprehensive. They were, yeah. um, they were, they, they do an intake form and they go through, they go through so much like mm-hmm. what what prescribed drugs you're taking, what recreational drugs you're using. And, and what they, they say there is like, if you lie, you die. Mm. It's like, we can only be responsible for how much truth you're giving us. And like, so not only before you sign up or while you sign up, you do an intake form when you submit your request for the, the retreat you're going to. But when I arrived at the facility, the first thing they did was check vitals and then, check you in and then you talk to someone from medical and they go through your intake form and say, are you sure? Like, please tell us the truth because you know, it can be dangerous, you know? Um, so that was really important to me. Like, uh, the, the facility that I landed on was soul quest in Orlando. And it just so happens my family was there. It was very convenient for me because I visit them often. I was going there for the holidays and, um, there was a retreat for the 17th through the 19th. Mm-hmm. of December. So I lined it up where I would go there for the weekend of the retreat, spend the holidays with the family. Um, and this facility matched, hit a lot of the criteria. Um, they've done over, you know, tens of thousands of ceremonies there. Um, and, uh, I was able to do zoom calls cool. like they had orientation zoom calls. And I brought questions. I had questions and, and, um, the so you mean Zoom calls proceeding, yeah. actually going down there and seeing them. Right. So yeah. they they have a um, on Wednesdays they do a, a orientation Zoom call and whoever wants to join can, and it's just basically prepping prepping you for your experience, um, going through everything, um, how to prepare your mind, body, and soul for what you're about to you know uh, take on, and um, uh, you know so many things in place. This was a very well-run place. Not to mention, like, this facility um, had a medical doctor and staff, registered nurses, facilitators. Awesome. Yeah. They were always ready to deal with anything that might come up. Mm -hmm. Um, That that gave me a lot of security going into uh, the event because um, the really, like, the checklist for all the things to do was was very clear, very apparent, and, and it was long, and I was able to to get a strong sense of security around um, the facility and the people running it. Um, so that was very helpful um, for me, especially. Right. So, so easing concerns, you can tell they take it very seriously. They right. got a lot of experience. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I guess from there, I guess we can talk about the experience itself. Sure. If yeah. you're ready for that. So I am. Um, yeah. So when you arrived there and, um, and what kind of stuff were they talking to you when you did the Zoom calls? 
Um, Zoom calls, we went over everything from uh, what to expect during the ceremony. Okay. Um, what kind of things to bring. Okay. Um, and actually, that's a good point. Uh, one of the important things uh, that I, well, a few things I would recommend uh, to bring to an experience is an extra blanket. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, don't underestimate how important that is because they, they do provide like a, uh, I'm going to call it a cot. It's a mattress on the ground, some thin sheets, and a pillow. But, Bare bones. Right. Yeah. But the medicine has, has a way of, of like reducing your body temperature, making you feel cold. Hmm. So there's a lot of like uh, shivering and stuff. So that extra blanket, I think, really helped me. They will always, if, if you ask, they'd always bring you an, uh, an extra blanket, but it just yeah. it was good. But to have your own blanket, yeah. that comfort item yeah. is probably helpful. Um, a gum. Hmm. Gum. gum. That, because purging is, is very entwined with these events, and we'll get yeah. into purging later. But... Uh, you know, if you have to vomit, it's nice to just have some gum, <laughs> like candy. So, <laughs> right, get that taste out of your mouth. That's right. smart. Cause, That's cause, a good plan. Because if you're at the point where you're vomiting, you're probably not good to get up and walk to the bathroom. Even though a facilitator will walk you, it's just easier if you have something there in front of you. But, um, but yeah, that was important. But other than that, like, packing light. Like, I, I didn't want to bring too much. Yeah. Um, you know, other than my phone, um, it, in some clothes and my journal, I didn't really take much with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the blanket, um, some gum, but yeah, but yeah, <clears throat> but um, yeah, because the work is all in her, right? Yeah. Right, and in this facility in particular, they feed you, mm-hmm. um, they, they really have everything, uh, everything to like bathroom products. Like, if you want to take a shower, they have soap and shampoo and all that stuff. I mean, bring your own toothbrush, probably, but but um. But yeah, I didn't want I didn't want to bring too many distractions. Right. So I brought a book bag with some stuff in my blanket, and that was it. Nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so going to the so kind of set the set the picture. I um, I fasted from two days out um, for the the probably the forty eight to seventy two hours leading up to the event. Wow. I had had two bananas. Wow. Okay. Um, for the entire time. Um, I didn't sleep too well either because I flew in Thursday the day before. Flight got delayed. Didn't get didn't get to my parents' house till three a.m. You know the event started you know after the next day, so wow. I got minimum sleep. Like yeah. I, I was probably running on like uh, ten hours, maybe eight hours of sleep. The forty-eight hours leading in forty-eight up to, hours. Yeah. Wow. So, so I was tired and hungry, but you know, um, I was excited. So I think I was running on like that excitement. Yeah, but, right. But uh, so I got there, and um, uh, it was like 4 p.m. on Friday, and that was kind of intake. So, like I said before, first thing I did when I got there, um, they they kind of showed me to a tent in the back, and there's a wonderful young lady there checking vitals, and she took my blood pressure, checked my heart rate, and everything, and said, "Okay, you're good to go." go into the office they sign you in you get a nice little name badge and everything um and then uh while i was sitting there actually this guy uh bob <laughs> bob was amazing he's 75 years old he grabbed like three was like hey guys come here is this your first time he took us outside and he said like he had done you know multiple ayahuasca trips but he was at a point in his life where the medicine had taught him that he doesn't eat it anymore but mm. he kind of gave us some like really sage advice um you know about having intentions when you drink and he said he kind of ran us through how to set your intentions when you first drink so that was a nice nice little interaction with bob but um yeah. when i when i came back in they i had someone 
give us a tour uh, around the facility. And the whole place, maybe four or five acres. Okay. Not huge, kind of very linear. Um, but they showed me my cabin, which I was in the Lotus. There were two cabins that were for 16 people. Um, kind of in the center of the retreat, they had the Maloka, which is a big dome building, big, beautiful dome building. And, and that fit about 50 people. Um, but that was like the center. So like anytime we, they, they'd have a meeting, like our orientation or whatever, everyone would meet in that building because it can hold basically everyone okay. uh, at the event. Um, and then past the there's a beautiful pond. It has all these lily pads, frogs jumping around everywhere, uh, which was nice. And a couple of like platforms on the side for meditating. Um, and then in back lake called Oak Grove, which is where they did daytime ceremony, which is kind of a wooded area. Hmm. Very beautiful. Um, but yeah, I got to tour the property. I took a bunch of pictures and some videos, some really beautiful art, like just like the art. The place is just gorgeous, like just just beautiful. Like every square foot of it was just gorgeous. Um, but kind of got acclimated, um, walked around, talked to a few people. But then, somewhere around six p.m., five or six, they did a, they did like orientation. They brought us in there, and um, they had one of the staff kind of run us through, talk to us about ayahuasca, reiterate that if there's anything that wasn't said, you know, on your intake that might cause an issue, to say it now, um, and just kind of gave us the 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 breakdown of what's going to occur, what to expect. Um, so from there, uh, a few hours later, we all met back at our individual places. Like our cabins were where we were going to do our ceremonies at. So if you're in the Maloka, you went to the Maloka. Obviously, I went to the Lotus. But right outside the Lotus, there's a fire pit. And they started the actual Aya ceremony. Um, and first thing they did was they walk around and sage everyone. Hmm. Um, and then they would, they told us all, uh, they talked to us about dosage, right? They call a cup or a tablespoon is is the amount of a cup. So, okay. so they said if it's your first time um, that you start out with a cup. Okay, so just one tablespoon. Just one tablespoon. Um, and then they'll ring a bell two hours after the ceremony starts, and they say, if if you can see and you can walk, then go get another cup. Yeah, go get a refill, a booster, they call it. Okay. Um, but if if you're brand new to Aya, that the first night, the first ceremony, that's those were the rules. You take one, and then you wait, see how you feel, and you can do a booster, which I did. Okay. Um, but after that, they said after that you become your own pharmacist. Mm. So you'll get to choose for the second, third ceremonies how much medicine that you want to take. <clears throat> but for the first night, uh, it was going to be one cup, <clears throat> and so. They saged us. We got in line. They uh, they said some ceremonial stuff. And you ended up doing three. Um, three ceremonies. Three ceremonies. Yeah. yeah. While you were there. Yeah, three okay. ceremonies. But the uh, night one, one ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, and this started about 8 o'clock at night. Um, but I got my one cop. And then we went into our cabin. Everyone went into their their bed, you know. And uh, what we, was the what was it like? Uh, the, the actual. The actual yeah. drink. So. It's it's an acquired taste. <laughs> like it's, I heard, it's horrible. It, yeah. it is. So it's it's syrupy, like very earthy. Like people describe it as mud. I've heard people describe it as like taste of feet. Um, it, it's it's not pleasant. Right. Um, and it's syrupy, so it doesn't all come out. So you kind of like put water. Yeah. In so it too, don't you? So yeah. So the the idea, the goal is to just 
throw it down the back of your throat like a shot, like a shooter. And try not just, to taste it. Yeah. And just try not to taste it. You're going to taste a little, but if you just let it sit in your mouth, you, your gag reflex will probably kick in. Mm. Um, so throw it down your throat, and then you pour a little bit of water into the cup because it's so thick that, like, residue on the bottom, just it just coats the bottom in these little porcelain kind of shot glasses they give you. And you just put a little water in there, and you scrape it out with your finger, and then you drink the rest. Drink the rest. Okay. Right. Um, so like w- once we got our cup, we went into our cabin and they, uh, they start like the ceremony and like basically what it is you take your cup and they ask you to put it to your heart and speak your intention into your cup. Hmm. And, um, and then after a while they ask you to drink. And then once you drink, uh, the, everyone's just kind of instructed beforehand just to be yourself. You want to maintain your own energetic space. Uh, you should be quiet and like for me for for me it was meditation when i first um when I first took the cup, I kind of sat back and like i i think i should i think I should definitely say like going in that first ceremony, everyone was nervous, yeah, I was nervous, I mean maybe not the people that that had come More back for yeah. for this wasn't their first experience, and probably half of the guests there were there um uh, not as their first time. So okay. as a returning guest, um, but uh, yeah, so so like I had the nerves coming up to, and I drink and I'm kind of sitting back and I was like, uh, the nerves are still there, but I was like, I right, remember everything that you prepped for. I had I'd written um, intentions. I had 15 questions written out about what I wanted to learn from the experience, what I wanted to ask Mother Aya, and um, and then as soon as I take the medicine, it's like, oh, it's about to get real. I couldn't. I couldn't recall any of the stuff that I was <laughs> that I was meaning to ask. Right. Like it just escaped my mind, and I was like, "Oh wow, what am I about to get into?" So I just kind of sat back um, on the mattress, and I guess the wall it wasn't really a wall. There's no drywall. It was like studs and like foam or whatever. I like kind of got as comfortable as I could on the back uh, where my pillow was, and, and I just sit there. It's like just just meditate. Just you know, slow your breathing. Just calm down. Just you just. Be calm. Whatever's about to happen, make sure you just embrace it. Go with it. Um, and so I sat there for about, I say, 20, 30 minutes. And then it was about that time I had um, started to feel a little bit of a tingle, you know, like a little bit of something. I'm like, all right, all right, this is this is calm. This is mellow. Um, a few minutes later, I'm starting to get patterns uh, or... or um, yeah, like grid kind of patterns on the wall. Now in the cabin, there's a string of LED LED lights and candles, but other than that, like it's all it's just enough light to be able to get up and walk out and see where you're going. Gotcha. So, but even with that, I'm I'm seeing you know I'm starting to see a little bit of visual like stimulation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few minutes later, I um, yeah, like a to get a vibrational. Kind of feeling in my body. Okay, so um, like a hum, yeah, hum, buzz kind yeah. Of thing. And if you're familiar with DMT, is you know it's really what the active ingredient in ayahuasca is. DMT is very much DMT kind of feeling, but but it, it depends on how you ingest DMT. Um, if you're inhaling it, then it's going to hit you hard and fast for 15 minutes. This is more of a mellow kind of slower build. Yes, yeah, slower build. Yeah. Um, and so I uh, started to. F- to feel, you know, a little bit different, a little bit transformed. Um, and then 
uh, say 45 minutes to an hour, I start having like the internal dialogue, right? And for someone who hasn't experienced this, it, it's very hard to explain. Like ayahuasca is, is like a very intelligent plant. Um, it has a consciousness and like literally it's having a conversation with you. Uh, and it's beyond like uh, human language to really fully accurately describe it, but I'll try. Um, but all these, these kind of images, um, visions of, you know, a lot of it was past events, um, uh, start coming into focus and, um, and I'm start reliving some of these traumatic things that have happened mm. in my life. And I'm starting like revisit difficult times in my life. And, um, and they're just coming and they're just coming naturally. And, you know, and what's funny is I mentioned, I had like 15 questions. I forgot them systematically. <laughs> they started going through all those questions and all those intentions I had systematically without me consciously bringing them up or trying to think about started Whoa. running through like the thought processes in my mind started going through all of it. Um, one thing that was very common that I heard about um, beforehand um, and I got to experience it and this was the first night um, I went back to like a couple of like I said traumatic events kind of abuse um, mm -hmm. abusive situations that I've had in my life um, and they were being replayed but while they're being replayed, not only did I get to experience, think, and feel out of my own perspective at the time, but also the, you know, the, as the victim, also the, per also the perpetrator's mm -hmm. thoughts, feelings, like really got into their, um, their trauma and what they were thinking and feeling wow, at the time. Wow, yeah. And the observer, the people that watched, like I, I got to go through every character in that scene Wow. And really like uh, feel and emote and and almost telepathically like be in their their bodies and minds while these things were occurring. Um, there was there's also a lot of like um, like people that are close to me, friends and family. Like I was kind of put into their perspective, looking back at me and like how they must perceive me. There was a lot of that. Um, also, the first night. I've, there's this like really connectivity to like nature and the universe. And I was being shown, I guess how like death and rebirth of nature occurs. And this is like really deep and strange, but it was almost going into this like biological geometric technology that creates everything that is in the universe. And it was way too complex for my mind to, to really process, but it was interesting like it was kind of showing me like this connectivity that we have to everyone mm. um, and everything. Get a sense of the interconnection. Right. And it was beautiful. It really was. Um, uh, just beyond though, beyond right. conception. Be beyond comprehension. Yeah. Um, you know, it was somewhere around that point, the bell rung. And like, um, even though I was definitely immersed in the experience, like I could hear and I could walk. And so walk. as I was yeah. instructed, like I got up, I stumbled out of, the, out of the cabin and, you know, out and I got back in line to get, um, another cop. Um, it was wild while I was out there, I looked up at the sky and this was my first, like, actually, I would say like, like hallucination. Um, for me, at least I know everyone's experience can be a little different. I, other than patterns and, and fractals and images and stuff like that, 
I didn't really get like full out, you know, hallucinations. I don't know how common they are, but I, I'm standing outside and it's almost a full moon. Saturday was a full moon. Friday was before, but it was almost a full moon. I'm looking up at the moon and the stars are literally like twinkling, like in a Disney movie. Like there's just <laughs> they're like sitting on sparks and I'm like, wow. And I just remember looking up at like how beautiful it's It's like, wow, what a beautiful night. And I realized like those words like came out of my mouth. I was thought I was thinking them. And I look back at the guy behind me, he definitely heard, but he was kind of non-responsive, I guess. <laughs> so he just kind of classic. But, but um, I just remember just how like, perfect that night was and how beautiful it was to look at the sky. Um, but yeah, so I waited in line. I got uh, the second cop, the, re- the booster. Um, and this time, when you get the booster, I was outside. We, we just drank it right there. Shaman hands you the cup. You drink it. Um, I went back into the room and I went deeper, you know, into the experience and like more questions were being answered. Um, and, um, the, that night though, let's talk about purging a little bit. So, so when you're in the experience, they give you your mattress, you get a thin sheet, at least at, at this retreat, you have thin blanket pillow, and then you have a purge bucket and you know, at all times you have to have your purge bucket. If you ever get up to go to the bathroom, you take your bucket with you. If you go and get another dose, you take it, your bucket just stays with you. Um, but <laughs> throughout the night, probably starting about an hour in, there was just this chorus of purging throughout wow. the room. Yeah. Just people vomiting. And, and purging comes in all different categories. Comes in yawning, tears, like okay. kind of uncontrollable tears, not like weeping, but like just your eyes will tear. Interesting. Um, okay. Uh, some people scream and yell. There was definitely some of that going on, uncontrollable body movements. Like people like wow. well, shit themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's common enough. But vomiting is very common as well. But there's just this like, like it's a chorus or serenade of just purging <laughs> going on at all times. Intense. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, but um, but yeah. So I get back, I get back to the bed, and after the second cup, and and uh. You know, I go deeper, and um, it was definitely ratcheted up the intensity. Um, and um, I'm going through all, you know, a lot of other things like, you know, anxiety and depression was a, was the big topic of why I was there. I'm trying to just figure out how I can keep that under control. And I did a lot of work to get it there, but like it, like it, I want to maintain that. Mm-hmm. And kind of the the overall message that I got was be present. Like just to stay, like stay in the moment, like just be present, and and that correlates to the other things that I've learned. And like one of the sayings I love is like, uh, depression is just worrying about the past; anxiety is worrying about the future. That's awesome. Neither yeah. of those two can exist if you're in the present and you stay in the in the moment. Um, but that was that was kind of the message that came to me, um, and then I I also got the message that like, dude, you're doing enough, like. Like mm. you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself, but you're, you're doing, You've you're doing, doing enough. Yeah. Like you just be proud of yourself. Like you're, you know, you're doing the things you need to do and don't be so hard on yourself, hmm. which was amazing. Um, but, uh, but <laughs> after that second cup really started to kick in, that intensity got to be a lot. And then, and I'm like starting to get like these images and like, <laughs> of like, very um advanced like universal knowledge i guess and like mm. 
And it's like, I was looping my thoughts, just coming back to like the impossibility of like the things that were being downloaded to me. And I was like, it got to the point where it was uncomfortable. It's like, I couldn't just get my mind off that thought. And I was like, and they, and they tell you like, if, if, you know, if you need anything, you can ask the medicine. You say, Hey, you know, and I said, like, Aya, can I stop looping right now? This is like getting uncomfortable. Immensely it's getting uncomfortable. And then just moments later, I, I literally like, I don't know if I can make a sound. This thud on my chest. It's like mm. a tap. And I, I was wearing two pendants and I was like, maybe they bumped Bumps. into each other, but they were both under my shirt and there was no there's no way that they could have done that. And then and not only did I hear the sound, I felt this tap. And like how I interpreted it is like, hey, I'm like in this mental loop right now. And and like I was basically, you know, go back to your heart. Mm. And as soon as I as soon as like I got that message as soon as that sunk in things calmed down things relaxed and uh and then from there just kind of went and the best way to describe it is this beautiful dream like hmm. throughout the experience i was yawning profusely there was like uncontrollable like my eyes were just tearing up um but no like real like like intense purging or anything like that but that was that is all purging um but I was kind of scraping through my soul, like, like pulling all these, these things up to the surface at the beginning of it. And this was just like kind of me mellowing out. Like I, for that ceremony, I had, I had got the questions answered. I got my intentions fulfilled. And, and then I guess the back end, it was just kind of slipping into this beautiful dream. And, mm-hmm. and I just went into this kind of very mellow state of mind and I don't I can't differentiate when that experience stopped and I slept but the next thing I knew it was morning cool so it just kind of drifted drifted away and just you know what what was not cool was uh I'd still hadn't eaten right and after that after the night like after the night ceremony they were offering snacks slept through it you missed the snack <laughs> i missed the oh snack. my gosh and so and since cool. i since i was deprived on sleep yeah i um uh, and and i i maybe got four hours five hours of sleep that night because i after the second dose it was probably two three i well that's another thing i i should mention too is like the concept of time space and time stop existing mm-hmm. when you're in like i i could have at some point I didn't know if I was one hour into my journey or six hour, like there, like I had no idea, like time, just, you have no concept of it. On top of that, they have you turn off your phones and all your electronics and, you know, any distractions anyways. Like it was very tempting for me to just poke my phone just right. to see what time it was. But I had no, I had no sense of time, but, um, but at some point I fell asleep and, um, and I woke up and I was like, Oh man, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm still tired. But uh, I I had two ceremonies to do that day, <laughs> and I am. Um, because you're doing the day, and then you're going to yeah, do another so, night, huh? So for this retreat, there's uh, two ceremonies are included: a Friday and Saturday night. But there's an option to do a third, and mm-hmm. I said if I'm doing this, I'm going all in. So I I paid a little extra to do the daytime ceremony. Okay. And at this point, I realized like by the time I got out of bed and started walking around, it was past eight a.m. and breakfast was already shut down. Right. Okay. Um, there is a yoga at nine, which I did, which I'm very grateful I did yoga because it, it got the blood moving a little bit. Yeah. It gave me a little bit of energy, 
But since I was doing the daytime ceremony, um, they say you, you don't want to eat lunch. You don't want to eat right before you do the medicine. I'm wow. Like, so uh, you really had a fast on top yeah, of your ayah right, journey. Yeah. Right. So, so I was like, all right. So uh, daytime ceremony, we met uh, around 11 or 12 um, afternoon, somewhere around noon. And uh, this time it was at Oak Grove, which is this beautiful wooded area. Um, what they did, they laid down mats, um, like like woven mats, um, and that was your spot. Instead of being in the bed in the, in the cabin, that's your spot, your, your little mat. I brought a pillow and a blanket, um, and, um, and uh, yeah, it was time to do day, daytime. But since it, since I was exhausted, I was running on fumes, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take, take it easy on myself right. for the day. Because, yeah. you know, I had already decided that, like, that night I was going in. I was going full tilt. But for the daytime, I decided on just doing one cup. That's what I started with the night before. It was mild enough. I knew I could handle it. It's fine. Um, but uh, ceremony, they, they did the whole thing. Sage, we joined line. We got in line, some last-minute instructions, walked up. Uh, I, you know, And this time I could choose my dosage. But I went with the one cup, the one tablespoon. Um, and we got our cups and everyone kind of went to their mat. Um, I, I chose the spot. It had this like little palm, I don't know, bush, it had a big palm leaf and it was like hanging right over, over my mat. And I was like kind of connected cool. with it. And I was like, cool. I was like, you know, that's going to be my spot. Um, so I went to my spot, but I was on the perimeter and I'd say about 80 people were there. So this was a wow. big joint ceremony. Yeah. This wasn't like confined to the, there's 14 people in, in, in my cabin, this was 80. So out in the open and during the day. So not dark. It was, you know, it's a different environment. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, same deal. We all went back to our mats. Uh, we took the medicine and just kind of settled in. Um, same kind of things started happening. Same kind of timeline. 30 minutes in, started to get a tingle. A little bit of visuals, not much. Um, but just a very calming feeling. Um and uh, I, I had my blanket and my pillow, and I just kind of cozied up and uh, was kind of in between, like, eyes shut and eyes open and just looked around. And it's like I, I wasn't really getting, like, this major conversation with the medicine at this, at this point. But I did feel, like, very spiritual, if that makes sense. I feel very connected. Mm. Um, I just, often I would, like, reach up and just touch the palm tree. At, a, at one point, I, like, kind of buried my hand. In the ground, I can kind of feel the energy and the vibration from Earth, neat. Um, yeah. which was neat. And also, like I'd, I spent a lot of time just kind of glancing around at everyone there, and like almost like just with full compassion. I was like, you know, people were starting to struggle. There was vomiting. There was lots of purging. Um, there was some like verbal outburst, which was strange. Okay. Um, uh, when I say strange, but which it was a form of purging. Was part of what was happening, but right. you were seeing even that with that kind of love tinged yeah. perspective, huh? But like with everything that was going on, I, I just remember glancing around. It's like I just I have so much love for humanity right huh. now, and like yeah. the people who are vomiting or the people who are having like verbal outbursts. Like I just felt as like they're they're going through something. They're clearing something right now. There's mm. something like being removed from them right now, like that. And that was and and like that's a good feeling. Yeah, and I was like. I felt happy for them that, that mm. there was some progress being made in their life. Um, 
Because you had just gone through that, so you knew how yeah, real, how deep right, that right. interaction can get. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, uh, But what's amazing about the daytime ceremony, they had the live band playing the daytime ceremony. Awesome. Um, right. Music was, was amazing. Like So uh, Icarus or Ayahuasca music is like... It's, I don't know if that I could ever have connected to it before my experience, but at, like during and after, like it's just very soothing, just basically lullabies. Like mm. um, a, a lot of it's a, it, like as an indigenous um, influence, a lot of it's bilingual, um, but just the music was beautiful. And on top of that, like the facilitators and staff just like were very beautiful people too, like like inside and out, like all very attractive uh, just like amazing people. Um, but they would walk around and they would all wear white. Um, that's how you kind of differentiate, differentiate them from guests to staff. Mm -hmm. They would all wear white head to toe and they're like angels just walking around and like, they're always Dude. checking on you, you know, like showing you a lot of love and attention. Um, but they would walk around and sing and somehow they all had like perfect voices. I don't, I don't know if it was the medicine or what, but uh, I, I just remember feeling like that's amazing that the, these like angels are walking around singing and it's like just the most beautiful sounds. How cool. But, it sounds um, like a really magical vibe yeah. that was created right. in that ceremony. Right. And then, um, uh, so I, um, I did lay down for a while. Um, and like I said, I felt very spiritual at some point. That's about two hours. The medicine started wearing off. Um, and I kind of set up and was just, I, I had my blankets through my head and I'm just kind of swaying with the music and just watching people. And just with a love and admiration for everything that's going on around me. And like, <laughs> what I, what that was amazing was like, and I think like the key word for the daytime ceremony was connectivity. I just felt connected, mm. like so connected to everyone. But um, at some point towards the end of the ceremony, right in the middle, you know, it's like this big oval of people. And right in the middle, like something occurred between two people and, and they started giggling, right? I don't know if it was a joke. No, like, I don't even know why. I don't think anyone there knew why. So that giggling went on for a few minutes and then it turned to belly laughter. <laughs> and then the, the few people that were next to them just started laughing. And then <laughs> the layers, it just kind of reverberated from there. And I'm just watching this. And this took like 15 minutes to develop. And like, <laughs> and like, and so, and finally the group that was right, like five feet in front of me, they started laughing. I was like, oh man, and I'm on the perimeter. I'm like at the very edge. I'm like, I'm not going to laugh. It's like no, but <laughs> they just been and, saying and, too just, and then and all of a sudden I like start smirking. I'm giggling, <laughs> and like, and once again I think it kind of like uh, reaffirmed like that connectivity. It's like that that laughter was viral, like, and it connected us all. Like literally, like, if you weren't vomiting, you were laughing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like honestly a very beautiful moment. And um, uh, and then um, you know, at about that time the, the daytime ceremony ended. Um. And I was able to get lunch and I can't emphasize how amazing it was to eat. And like, there was like a full meal and it, and it was, it was all vegan food. Um, there was a soup, like a vegetable soup and some rice and oh, I bet everything like was like the best ever beans and some salad, but like, and it wasn't a, a, like a big portion, but it was the, like one of the most amazing meals I ever ate. Like, uh, I finally had some sustenance and like, um, and so I ate the meal and there was kind of some downtime after that. Uh, this was later in the afternoon. Um, there was a, a seminar, I think around 3.30. It was about shadow work, which I had 
I had enough back knowledge of shadow work, and like I was like, you know what, I just need to prep for tonight. I wanted to just rest, you know. Mm-hmm. So I did like socialize a little bit and went around and talked, met some people. But late in my cot, I did a little bit of journaling, just kind of getting prepped for the last night. Um, and uh, so, kind of similar for the first night, we all met in the Maloka. Um, had you know, kind of had some speeches from staff. And then we broke out into integration, which was really cool, um, because I really think of the, this event as therapy. And um, yeah, tell us about that integration aspect yeah. that they so, include. And in- yeah, so the what we all did was we, we met in our cabins, but we're the 14, 12 to fourteen of us, but we split that group in half. So I think we we're six other people, um, and we would, what we did was we had uh, one. Of the, uh, counselors, just um, staff, basically counselor. We kind of went went from person to person to person, um, and you know described your what led you to coming to the retreat mm-hmm. and your first night and your first you know in the daytime and like describe you know your experience with the medicine. And um, when it started, I was like, this is probably pretty casual. Um, but as we were going through and just hearing everyone's trauma um, and all the things that they had gone through, uh, it got emotional real fast. I mean, I, yeah. and I'm not going to talk about any individuals there, their experiences, but in general, um, you know, abuse of all kinds that people were dealing with, all types of trauma abuse uh, or abuse of trauma, uh, relationship stuff. Um, you know, mental health issues, depression, PTSD, anxiety, people with anger issues, people who are having difficulty connecting with family members, their kids, uh, with, you know, uh, people battling potentially terminal illnesses. Mm. So this whole spectrum of like people who are, you know, there for healing. And, uh, but it was, it was amazing actually. Like, I think it's a very important part of the experience was, was just being able to be there and, and hear other people and then tell your story and in a room full of like really supportive people um, in the atmosphere and, and the room was just, it was just, yeah, it's love. There's a lot of love and compassion for each other. Um, and uh, that was, that was really neat uh, to get that. And not only did we do that um, Saturday uh, late afternoon, evening, we also did Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday there was there was no ceremonies, but we had an integration, and there's some other things that we did on Sunday before we departed. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, after the integration, there was a little more downtime, and then the anticipation was building up for the night ceremony. And uh, what time did they do the ceremonies at at night? Uh, I think it started around eight eight thirty. Okay. And they called it ayahuasca time, so it was never on. Is generally it was around eight o'clock. It okay. wasn't like a we start right now. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, so I started getting prepared for that, um, and and for me it was just laying on my mattress a lot, just trying to breathe and like. Um, but I, I'd, I'd actually talked to during integration. I had a question for for the facilitator. It's like, hey, I took one uh, cup the first night, and I took two. Two definitely got me deep, but you know I really want to, you know, go as deep as possible. Like, what do you recommend on dosage? And I was like, I was thinking of just doing two cups at once and see how it goes. And he's like, you, you said it. You already said it yourself. That's what you're thinking about. That's what you should do. 
so that's kind of where my mind went. It's like I'm just going to double the dosage um, on the last night and wow. just you know get as much bang for my buck as possible. Um, and so that's what we did. Same thing happened. Same routine. Sage instructions. Lineup. Uh, and when I walked up, I said, you know, I want two tablespoons. I want you know two. And um, and I, I did I didn't watch when they poured it. And, like, in the porcelain cup, you can't really tell depth. And I was like, I wonder if they put two in there. I was like, it looks kind of low. But I was like, I, I don't know. But I went to the cabin thinking that maybe they only put one. And uh, I, uh, I get in the cabin, and they do the – they start the ceremony, you know, heart to your, or cup to your heart, you know, silently, you know, whisper your intention into your cup, raise your cup, drink it. And when I drank it, I was like, oh, yeah, that was definitely two tablespoons. Like, there's definitely more volume there than the first time. <laughs> like, but, it, you know, I rinse it out and swig the rest. And, like, I was like, okay. But then, like, I was like, all right, same routine. I'm just going to sit back on my mattress and just, you know, be calm and wait for everything to start. Um, I, I didn't have the nerves that I did the first night. I thought I, you know, I thought I was, you know, at this point. I say a veteran, but I had experience. I, you know, it's yeah. not my first rodeo anymore. So I sat back and um, just kind of waited for things to happen. And um, But this time it was about 20 minutes in. Uh, I started to, f- to feel like the come up. I started to feel tingly. Um, not long after that, I'm looking around and there's kind of vibrant uh, visuals going on and patterns and graphs and symbols and like, I was like, all right, this is a little hitting a little, a little differently. You know, it's not only coming on quicker than before, but this is already more intense than the previous journeys were. And so I was like, all right, well, let's just breathe through it. You know, 25, you know, five minutes later, five minutes after that, the intensity really starts ratcheting up. Um, talking visuals, patterns, graphs, um, my my thoughts are starting to fire like like warp speed hmm. um and uh, shortly after that i had that first thought of like am i gonna be all right <laughs> like this is uh i I've, I've had you know experiences before in my past with psychedelics and like but this is this is getting a little bit uh, a little bit to be too much um and uh but that was my first thought. I was like, you know, I just, just, you think your way through it. Just, you know, just work your way through it. Just let things flow. You'll be all right. And I tried that for a little bit. And like, all of a sudden, like, I felt like, like my heart was beating out of my chest. Like I can like hear my heartbeat at this point. And I started becoming very uncomfortable. Like I kept switching positions and I'm like just writhing around my mattress, just mm. trying to get comfortable. Um, I feel like maybe I was sweating a little bit too. Um, wow. and then I was like, I right, just breathe through it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not holding my breath as long as I could. Like, I feel like my breath was getting shorter. Um, I was like, all right, we'll drink water, maybe drink water. And then before you know it, I'm like mentally panicking. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it sounds like the writhing, the yeah. breathing faster. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, okay, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And at that point, I was like, I was like, maybe I just have to purge. Like, 
you know, and everyone around me is, is purge basically. Like, you know, most of the people in the room have purged. I'm like, I had this kind of stigma and just maybe not too comfortable vomiting in a room full of basically strangers, but like, right. but it's like, I guess that's what we'll try. And so, so I tried and there was like a few dry heaves, but nothing really. And, and still it remained like, and then I was like, oh, my heart's beating faster. Like I am feeling like way not okay. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like straight up not having a good time at this point. Um, and I can't, I can't get comfortable. And, um, you know, and I have my purge bucket and I like, I kept coming back to it, but still couldn't like, I was dry heaving for sure, but nothing was coming out. And I was like, oh, I'm shutting down. And, and it, in my mind, like the, the patterns and the visuals in my, like in the movie screen behind my eyelids was becoming so bright. It was almost like hot to shut my eyes, but like wow. there was literally no difference with my eyes open or closed. I was getting all the, the same visuals, were the visuals. Same. like, wow. like I like vision didn't matter yeah. at this point. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, it just felt so hot. And, uh, and I was like, and I remember they had to told us that if things are like get too intense, they can give you, there's a couple of things that they can provide. Raw pay is one of them. I like to talk about that a little bit, actually. But um, also like a lemon, uh, salted lemon. Hmm. Um, and the salted lemon, you you eat it and it takes the edge off. It basically reduces the intensity. Um, and I was like, <laughs> my internal dialogue is like, dude, you're dying. You should probably tell one of the facilitators. But I'm still like, like trying to process like, am I just kind of being a little bitch about it right now or yeah, should I yeah. like, like, but this felt very intense. Um, um, and, and like, I, I kept like trying to get eye contact with the facilitator, but I just, for some reason, didn't want to open my mouth and ask. Um, but at this point it's like, Oh dude, you're, you're getting worse. Like in this, the, like I said, the internal dialogue just kept nagging at me and I was like, you're about to die. Like you're about, this is not normal. The, this is, this is not okay. Like your, your body, you're showing all the signs, like you're about to die. And in reality, I wasn't, <laughs> Yeah, but, but it's like confronting you with but, the fear but, of death. Right. But, yeah. but this was, this was the intention I had for me is they needed me to go through this. Like, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it makes sense. That fear of death seems to be at the bottom of all of our mm -hmm. worldly concerns. Like, I'm, right. am I going to do it right in this life? I got to do it right. And it's right. always this right. sense and, of, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so uh, at this point I'd gotten the facilitator's attention because I was, I was not doing, I was kind of like uh, up off the front of the mattress and I, I actually, I think vomited a little bit, but I was probably mostly just the water because I started chugging water and I think it was just the water, but, but I was in bad shape and I, and I got Brandon's attention. as like, and, and I felt like my eyes were rolling in the back of my head and I was really dizzy. I was like, Hey, you know, can I get the lemon with salt? He came over to me. He's like, okay, give me a second. I'll go get it. And then for an undetermined amount of time, he left, but I don't think it was a long time. And then he came back and, uh, and it, he just looked at me and I was like, I was like, Brandon, I don't know if I'm doing okay. And, it, and then I just sort of like hunched over and kind of collapsed. And, uh, it was, it was amazing. He put his arm out and caught my head like, like kind of in the elbow of his arm hmm. and I just, I just lay there and like, and I'm like looking up with him like a child, like how you would hold a child, like, yeah. like a toddler. And I'm looking up with him and he just looked me in the straight in the eyes. Goes, he goes, Sean, 
you're right where you need to be right now. It's like, I just need you to hold on for a little bit longer. You're doing fine. And I don't know if there was magic in what he said, but like, um, and then almost in like one fell swoop, he, he put a pillow under his arm and just let my head fall down on the pillow. I'm just laying on the pillow on the floor and I'm just kind of staring at the door and, and then consciousness left. I don't know if I blipped out for a second. I don't know if I fell asleep, which I really doubt, but like things went dark for a second and then, then everything rebooted. Hmm. Um, and my eyes open and I'm laying there and it's like, like I still didn't feel great, but like I didn't feel like in like extreme duress anymore. There was the panic was gone, and I was like, I took a few breaths. It's like, uh, all right, you're you're gonna be fine. You're not dying, <laughs> which was very much a relief. Hmm. And then you know a little bit later, I was like, uh, you're you're laying on the floor. <laughs> so I got up, I got back on my bed and like just took some cleansing breaths and and that relief really started to set in. And like as I kind of felt like I retained my normal breathing, hmm. uh, pattern, you know, I like feel my heart. I'm like, I had some water. It's like, okay, okay. You're, you're fine. Like you're, you're fine. Apparently the worst is over. And then all of a sudden this like this feeling of, of just like joy overtook me. I'm like, wow. Like this was kind of a metaphor. Like I feel like there were parts of me that needed to die. Mm. And metaphorically, that's what just happened. And now it's like, it felt like a rebirth and, mm. and all this feeling of joy and like love and like, like bliss. It was literally like euphoria just rushed over me. And I started like rethinking everything in a, in a different perspective. I was mm. like, you know, all these relationships like that I have issues with, like, dude, I, they're completely solvable. All these problems, all these, like all this weight that I put on my old, sh on my own shoulder is, is meaningless. Like you just thought like to your core, you were going to die. And like, none of that shit mattered at that point. Nothing mattered. It's like, what matters is, is existence. And like, I started just having like unconditional love for the first time in my life, like just felt pure consciousness and unconditional love, just like flood over me. Mm. And I just sat back like in pure bliss. And, and for hours, all I could think about is how amazing like this life was and how amazing this existence was and, and how grateful I am to, have been able to experience all the things that I have so far and all the things that I will get to experience and, you know, and then how capable I am to like overcome, you know, all these things I think are obstacles and like, and, and like it, it was like, if I could ever imagine a taste of heaven, that's what it was. Hmm. And it was, it was for a few hours. Like, and, and I just remember thinking, it's like, I need to like get up and run around and tell everyone, but I didn't move. I just laid there and just, like ecstasy basically. Um, and I think like, you know, each of the journeys that I did had their purpose. And like, if I can classify my, my first night, it was just questions and answers. It was in, and I, I got knowledge from that first night. Mm -hmm. Um, the daytime was just connectivity and I felt, you know, this extreme connectivity oneness, and love, oneness compassion. with everything. Mm -hmm. And that last night was just kind of, you know, total and complete healing. Mm. Um, and what I realized is like in that moment, I was so present. I was, I was here now as Ram Dass says, be mm. here now. Totally I, here now. I was yeah. there then. Like I was here now. And, um, and I made 
a decision that that's what I'm going to strive to do mm. going forward. And it will not always be that way. It won't. There'll and be, like, yeah, there'll um, be inconsistencies, but right. But, but that is my goal to stay present in mm. all moments. And then also yeah. to continue to try to find unconditional love for everyone and everything. Um, because what the medicine really does is it strips your ego away. Yeah. And our ego does so much to us to our ego is the one telling us that that we need to be afraid, you know, that this isn't going to work out or, you know, we're, we're not good enough to handle this situation or we don't need to try. We're not going to be able to accomplish that goal. Yeah. And like yeah. and to have that ego completely gone and to see and feel things that clearly mm. is like like something I I I. I don't know anyone personally that that can relate to that. Like, it I can was see just, why you would call it being reborn, in a sense, because you you had woken into true presence. The mind's typical monologue was totally absent now. Mm -hmm. You're in a state of pure bliss and connection, realizing how holy this eternal moment is that we're all cast into. And so, it's, I can see this deep commitment to honoring experience. Mm -hmm. And and with the uh, the DMT and ayahuasca, um, it's said that they can trigger these near death experiences. It sounds like you had a very real near death experience. It, it was visceral, yeah. like in the moment. Like looking back at it, I was you know, <laughs> like like from a, from a very superficial way, I was like I was just tripping in a cabin and losing my mind. Well, yes, technically, but but in that experience, there were so many, many lessons being learned. Um, yeah. And, and it, yeah, it feels like a very low resolution way of saying it because right. tripping is, doesn't quite describe what no, the like, plant medicines do. And, yeah. and, and once again, to harp on this, like the, the intelligence that this medicine, this plant has is beyond comprehension is beyond words. And hopefully like I was able to articulate it decently, but, but yeah, give us a little bit more of a taste of that. Cause I remember when we talked so, on the phone, you were telling me about how that plant intelligence became super apparent mm. when you, when you, I think you had, and you, you did tell us a little bit about that yeah, part bit. where and you spoke to it yeah. and asked right. it for help. Yeah, absolutely. So like the few things and I've already mentioned them, but, but the, the first night when I had all my questions and all my intentions set out and there's two pages, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, well, three pages in my journal of all the stuff that I wrote out that I was trying to remember and take into and the experience. And then and, it just, and then, you know, after the medicine it's like my mind went blank but the medicine recalled every single thing and showed me and shined the light on every single question and every single thing that i i was intending to get out of the event like literally i could have left after night one because i had all my questions and everything answered mm -hmm. like i literally could like the it, it just possesses uh you know this this ability to you know and it's all working through you it's all you but it's pulling things out of your consciousness, out of your mind, out of your memory that, that needs to be brought up, but that you're not consciously aware mm -hmm. needs to be addressed. There yeah. are things that were brought up that I didn't know were holding me back, you right. know, and they yeah. were brought up and, and a light was shine, sh shown on it. And I was like, interesting. I am still holding on to something wow. here. Yeah. Um, but I think for that last night, ayahuasca wanted to show me wanted to reiterate how valuable my life is and the best way to do it is to 
make me think that it's being taken away. Yeah. And, um, and I would not have been able to, it's literally like, I it felt like I experienced hell and heaven within mm. a 30 minute period, you know, I literally would not have been able. And I think that's so much healing was done after that I purged, like in so much insight into how I want to carry myself after I left the retreat, I, yeah. I was gained in those two to three hours of just sitting there and just absolute bliss, knowing that this is like my true nature is to feel this way and is to be in this state of mind. Um, you know, and, you know, and for me, I'm so motivated taking that with me outside of it. I've, I've been uh, really digging into this to, um, and that true nature, like, sorry to cut you off, no, it's but it's like that it has a very home kind of feeling to it doesn't right. it? there's a, there's a depth and a trueness to it that's beyond right yeah like i i feel at our core that's that's what humans like are intended to be like we're supposed to be more connected we're supposed to be compassionate we're supposed to um we're supposed to have unconditional love for each other and, and you know we lose our way i think we're programmed growing up uh, from you know very young to be in these structures whether it's religious government our education system, financial system. Mm -hmm. like we're kind of put in this box of how to act, think, um, and yeah. we're programmed. And like, I don't, I don't think that's, that's our thoughts govern us. Our minds right. end up governing us instead right. of being like a tool for right. our awareness. Right. Yeah. Well, how it was put to me, which I really like this explanation is like, you know, our, our parents were trained by their parents, uh, to, to be programmed a certain way and their parents ego, uh, in order to help protect their children, uh, put these standards on their kids, which they adopt and eventually create their own ego and just gets past generation, mm -hmm. generation, generation. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not really aligned with like our true nature as human beings. Like, like we, um, I mean, if, if you're in the shocker systems, I think most of us are really operating under our, our root or sacral and our upper abdomen. And none of us not really know how to open our heart chakra our hearts, up and yeah. really like know how to feel and, and, and you know compassion and like true love for for our existence and other people yeah. um and that love gives us a depth of wisdom and understanding that you can't quite get through mentalization alone right it seems yeah right right but um but no like going forward from this experience like what those few hours um has really instilled in me it's like i need to strive to be in that space as much as possible um, and whether that's shadow work or, you know, meditation and yoga and all these practices I have, like, um, you know, I need to follow that route mm -hmm. and, and do those things that keep yeah. us and, oriented. And that's where my long-term healing lies is to be present and pursuing that state of mind at all yeah. times. And, um, and that's where it's landed me for sure. Awesome, brother. Awesome. That's such a cool story um, because you had such a radically radical transformation from the experience as far as confronting those past traumas and being able to learn how to integrate them and to find your inner stillness in a deeper way than I'm sure you'd ever, ever touched it before mm -hmm. and to know truly that that's what you truly are. That's what we all truly are yeah. is this presence, this stillness that runs through everything and, and that 
that constant ongoing miracle just to have the opportunity to be able to serve it, to love it, to honor it, to let it live through us and be its vessels and interact with. Um, we become co-creators in this shared reality. And that's, I think that's where the great hope lies for humanity. Amen. Yeah, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to share to people that are interested in ayahuasca or... Um, perhaps, you know, you can't do ayahuasca um, because of some health reason or other reason, um, financially or what have you. What other things are helping you now? Um, really, um, well, to pick that apart, uh, yeah. for, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I want to be an av- advocate for ayahuasca. I never want to be... Because I remember you telling yeah. me, yeah, you were like, like, I don't know if I'll ever need to do it again. Like, right. I'm... Yeah. Right. And and there's a chance I'll go back because, you know, as life unfolds, there may be new traumas or things that I need to address um, or, you know, things kind of rise where I might want to go back. And like I said, half the people there were returning mm-hmm. because they had gotten something valuable the first experience that they wanted to come back and just kind of get back in that space again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I could ever advocate for ayahuasca. What I will say is like like no one else should ever steer you into going on these journeys but ayahuasca like your ayahuasca journey almost starts when you commit to doing it um and if the medicine is calling you towards doing it then i think you should uh explore that thought and do your research and really dive into to uh what that journey might mean to you um i you know it's 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 something that has to call you and it's not for everybody 100%. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. Um, I would never tell someone to do it. But what I do think yeah, is... Yeah, that's a pretty intense yeah. confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. But what I do think is important, uh, and, and now that this is becoming... The awareness of this is becoming higher and higher in the Western world, I do think that information should be out there. People should have education on it or should have access to knowledge about it. Um, because you hear of... PTSD being cured, um, mm-hmm. depression, anxiety. And I'll tell you, ever since I left that retreat, I have not felt depression and anxiety. Wow. I haven't. And, you know, it's granted it's only been three weeks, but... That's huge, though. But, yeah. I mean, um, that's saying something. But there's so, so many people, drug addiction, uh, alcohol addiction. There's so many people that, uh, that have these... Um, really amazing testimonies coming out of these ceremonies. Um, just talking to you earlier, Ron White, the comedian, which I don't know much about. I just knew he was on Joe Rogan. He was talking about how he went there and, and he's no longer an alcoholic. He went there His because the story of, was pretty amazing. Yeah. Alcoholism. Yeah. And, and I think that the Western world is so, uh, we're so trained to trust our, you know, our current medical industry mm-hmm. and not really consider alternative ways of dealing with things, natural ways, holistic ways of dealing with, you know, mental illness and all mm-hmm. other things, because let's face it, like we're all, we all dealt with some sort of trauma, even if it's just COVID, like we're all dealing with something. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would say if, if you, this calls you explore it, you know, explore the idea, um, because it has, it has a pretty high success rate yeah. with, with people who are, who are trying to heal. Yeah. And like you said, it seemed like it's, it's you that's doing the work. It's mm-hmm. just helping reveal right. the depths of right. you. 
Right. And and they say like the ayahuasca is like 2%, like the actual journey is 2% of the work. The other 98 is what you do after it. Mm. But what it does is it shines a light on, on the, on the issues. It reveals what needs to be worked on. Yeah. And like then, the yeah. scene that you were taking on the different people in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really intriguing the way that it allowed you those different perspective angles and that, that gives you an insight into the heartfulness of what the medicine avails us. It's yeah. this heartfulness that we have that really widens our perception. We're much more considerate and able to take in more information um, with this interest and understanding. And that interest and understanding, that, that's just another hue of love, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 How cool. There was something else I wanted to ask, and I want to see if I can remember before we go. Um, you had described how it was, it gave you detail too. So that's another interesting aspect with, with the plant medicines. They're really just opening up our subconscious and our awareness to be able to see and look at things in a new way, in a fuller way, mm-hmm. perhaps as well, because there's less restrictions it's just the whole subconscious comes bubbling up and then that heartful aspect of it is so fascinating um and and it is so these insights we can have during meditation we can have during self-inquiry and and when we're learning to take care of ourselves and be more honest with ourselves Mm -hmm. um so it's really cool. That's where the plant medicines are taking you. It's right. the same place that we're all kind of afraid yeah. to go, yeah. you know. And, and it, that's why we don't meditate for two hours every day like we know we're supposed. Right. supposed. But right. you, like the more you do, the better it's going to get, you know. And so something like ayahuasca is just like, hey, all right, I'm loading myself into the cannon. Right. Here we go. Right. And yeah. I, I think that's an important point. It's like uh, Aya is kind of a bridge to get you to this level of consciousness that most people can't really achieve unless they don't even know exists unless unless they are you know like very um very experienced in meditation or you know just on a higher spiritual level you know like it's it's a tool maybe someone say a shortcut but it's a tool to get you there and give you a glimpse of of how what a better reality can and should be Mm -hmm. um and kind of age you and push you motivate you towards going out to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the, I think that's really how the medicine works because yeah. ultimately it's not curing you. It's not, it's not fixing your problems, but it's showing you a very, uh, detailed picture of what the problem is mm. and, and on giving you the, the, like the knowledge mirror. to get out and, and, you know, really work on it. Yeah. Yeah. And really in, and in, in the part where it's just like the way it opens your heart, it's too, so that literally this, this this motion of like like Superman just ri- ripping up like it it's, reminds me of those old pictures of Jesus, the oil painting where he's like yeah. holding his rib cage open. You can see his heart absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's like all the way to the shoulder blades and just flicking out and just like being wide open, like a like a wide open heart chakra, is something that that yeah through meditation I've I've felt similar, but not to this never wide that right. wide wide open right. yeah makes sense, yeah. but you know. But I also feel like, it, once again, I I want to. I'm to a point where like I'm realizing like I don't need to rely 
on these tools anymore and who, who mm-hmm. knows i may come back yeah, for another... it's not about the fireworks right yeah. it's about what we learn right through the process of what the the light of the fireworks okay. shows us exactly and yeah. and you know like i'm i'm certain that i can i can um, maintain uh, a place of peace and calm in my life um and, and i can achieve that if i put in the work and like that's really what is the motivation to go and do the work like mm-hmm. and that's where i'm at beautiful well thank you so much for sharing absolutely yeah, yeah. it was a pleasure talking to you it's good to see you again after so many years yeah really yeah i haven't seen this guy in like 20 years yeah it's a long time more than 20 years yeah. probably since high school so yeah. it's uh it's been really cool to connect and be able to share this with you guys so i hope you all uh, are doing well out there and talk to you soon oh cool yeah that was awesome Did it, yeah was it good i don't know i think so fun. man yeah.